welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. In the meditations for this retreat guide, we talked about the special characteristics of our spiritual springs and summers and the virtues that help us live them well so that they truly become seasons of positive change, of spiritual growth. It remains for us to reflect on spiritual autumns and spiritual winters, and that's what we will do in this conference. But first, we need to address a question that has been hovering in the background throughout this retreat guide. We have been talking about spiritual growth at great length, but we haven't once referred to the traditional Catholic understanding of the three stages of that growth the purgative stage, the illuminative stage, and the unitive stage. These are extremely useful categories developed and explained in great detail in most works of spiritual theology. They give us a 10,000-foot view of the spiritual journey, pointing out how we have to go through a stage of purification from sin and sinful attachments, that's the purgative stage, in order to prepare our minds and our hearts to receive graces of light and strength that really transform us, the illuminative stage. This transformation makes it possible for us to enter into a true and ever-deepening union with God, what some spiritual writers describe as a spiritual marriage, the unitive stage. Most explanations of these three stages describe what sin and temptation looks like in each stage, as well as how prayer changes as we move through them, and how virtue develops. The advantage of this traditional explication of spiritual growth is its simplicity, its clarity, and its linearity. It shows we are going somewhere. We are moving forward along a path of growth. And yet, the actual experience of most spiritual pilgrims feels more cyclical than linear. We truly do make progress, but it happens by following seasonal rhythms. Jesus often described his kingdom by comparing it to seeds and plants, which alludes to this experience. A tree, for example, really does grow to maturity by passing through stages of being a sprout, a seedling, a sapling, and finally a mature tree. Just as we truly can pass through the purgative and illuminative stages in order to enter the unitive stage. But in the life cycle of that tree, the experience of growth isn't so linear. Rather, it's seasonal. The seedling goes through a series of springs and summers and autumns and winters until it becomes a sapling. And the sapling in turn weathers another long series of seasons until it reaches maturity. Our spiritual growth is similar. Whether we find ourselves in the purgative, illuminative, or unitive stage, Our ongoing growth depends upon how we respond to the challenges and opportunities of the seasons as they providentially circle back around again and again and again. It is true that we experience each season's challenges and opportunities differently depending on whether we find ourselves, for example, in the purgative or the illuminative stage of the spiritual life, and that's why it's important to study and understand at least the basics of that description of spiritual progress. But it is also absolutely essential to understand the changing seasonal rhythms of our journey, so that we don't get stuck thinking that we're supposed to be in a perpetual summer 
or a perpetual winter. That could cause us to resist the changing circumstances through which God wants to lead us. In other words, we could become attached to one season instead of welcoming the graces of every season the Lord sends us. A tree may live through a hundred summers, and those summers share some characteristics, even while the tree is a little bit different in each one of them. Similarly, we may go through dozens of spiritual summers as we make our way to spiritual maturity. Repeating the season doesn't necessarily mean we aren't making progress. On the contrary, as the changing seasons continue to cycle around us, we just keep growing. Although it is useful to note that in the spiritual life, the length of a season is unpredictable. A spiritual spring could last two weeks or two years, and a spiritual winter could last a month or a decade. Knowing that our spiritual growth happens simultaneously in these two ways, linear progress through the purgative, illuminative, and unitive stages, and cyclical change, through the experience of different types of spiritual seasons, can bring us interior peace and stability as we keep moving forward in the pilgrimage of Christian living. So what do our spiritual autumns and winters look like, and how are we to respond to their challenges and opportunities? Autumn, like spring, is a season of transition. But where spring was filled with the bright light and intoxicating sense of hope and promise, Autumn brings the actual harvest. There are times in our spiritual lives where God allows us to experience, to recognize, and to feel that we have grown. We may suddenly notice that an old vice no longer holds us so firmly in its grip, or an old temptation no longer knocks us off balance so easily. We may find ourselves looking forward to our times of prayer. While getting that time alone with God used to feel like a chore, an impossibility, or a trip to purgatory. We may experience greater clarity and certainty in making difficult decisions, whether as regards ourselves or people who come to us for advice. We may find our interior peace and faith-filled joy being firmer and steadier, in spite of contrary circumstances and painful sufferings. These are experiences of the harvest. These are the mature fruits of virtue developed through long summers of patience and perseverance under the wise guidance and care of the Holy Spirit. We should rejoice when we taste these fruits, giving praise to God, thanking Him, and letting the experience bolster our confidence and our trust in the goodness and power of God and of His providence. But autumn isn't only a season of harvest. It's also a season of detachment. The brilliant colors of autumn foliage only happen because the leaves are preparing to release their grip on the branches. They shut down the production of chlorophyll, the chemical that makes them green during summer, as the days get shorter and the temperature gets cooler. Their most glorious beauty, literally their true colors, shine out as they release and detach. Here, too, is a lesson for our spiritual lives. God often asks us to give things up, even beyond habitual sins and disordered attachments, in order to make room for us to receive new and better gifts. We may have to release a treasured hope or dream, for example, or 
to detach ourselves from a familiar and comfortable relationship or way of doing things in order to discover and embrace a deeper identity in Christ. Jesus discussed this law of renunciation and detachment on various occasions. Here is how he put it in Luke chapter 9. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? And here is how he put it in a conversation with his disciples after the rich young man refused to give up his riches in order to follow Jesus. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for the sake of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. It is not always easy to know when God is inviting us to release something, but the invitation often comes soon after a harvest, when we are enjoying the fruits of spiritual labor. Harvest and detachment, a motive for greater trust and an invitation to greater trust. These are the marks of our spiritual autumns. Finally, we must turn briefly to the winter season. Winter is a mystery, a season when life seems in so many ways to have disappeared, though in truth a new springtime is being prepared in the depths of the soil beneath the snow, ice, and frozen ground. The earth actually renews itself, chemically speaking, during winter, replenishing its nutrients and getting ready for a new season of growth even when the landscape appears hopelessly barren. The mark of a spiritual winter, reflecting that apparent contradiction, is disorientation. Spiritual winters are seasons when we feel a disorienting absence of God, or when spiritual disciplines and activities that used to help us have become barren and lifeless, or when our faith, hope, and love appear to be devoid of all color, vitality, and energy. In such a season, our lives can even seem to have lost their meaning, their fruitfulness, altogether. Winters are not only disorienting, they are also dark. We cannot see God, ourselves, or the world as clearly as we did before. We are filled with uncertainty and confusion, sometimes hidden deep inside our hearts and inexplicable to others. Famous phrases like the dark night of the soul and the dark night of the spirit hint at the pain and suffering caused by the disorientation of a spiritual winter. How to respond to these challenges? A spiritual winter is an invitation to sheer faith, to naked trust. In winter, God works in our souls without our understanding or even feeling it. Our cooperation consists simply in continued trust, continued faith. As King David put it in what is perhaps his most famous psalm, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. God is there, though we can't see him, and we can't even feel him. We can only sense his rod and his staff. The duties of our state in life and the truths of the gospel 
continuing to nudge us along. The central mystery of our entire Christian religion calls us to exercise faith and trust during these winter seasons, knowing that spring will come, because God is faithful. Jesus, dying on the cross on Good Friday, rejected and humiliated and defeated, abandoned and agonizing and broken, is the iconic image of a spiritual winter, absolute disorientation. And yet, Easter Sunday followed soon after. In our spiritual winters, perhaps, we are closer to our Lord than in any other season, and we give Him more glory and spread more grace to others when we trust Him then, continuing to walk through that dark valley however long it may take. Then, truly, we can say with all our heart and soul, I believe in you, my Lord. That sheer act of faith deepens our union with God in ways that can happen in no other season, and that union is the source of our true and lasting happiness and everlasting fruitfulness. That's why the Lord permits, and at times even sends, spiritual winters. Spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Seasons of change. Seasons filled with challenges and opportunities. Seasons designed by our infinitely wise and loving God to be seasons of spiritual growth. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.